So much great Advertising Week content, so little time. Snackable AI is now helping you navigate podcasts like this one, event sessions, and other content with chapters, topic tags, and more. Find the insights that matter to you faster than ever before. Learn more at snackable.ai. You're listening to the AW360 podcast from Advertising Week. This week, I speak with Megan Martino, head of demand, EMEA, and Americas at AppLovin. Megan and I discuss the value behind the mobile audience, the importance of measuring where every ad dollar is going, and how the journey from traditional programmatic to mobile in-app advertising is transforming our industry. I hope you enjoy this episode. Megan Martino, welcome to the AW360 podcast. I'm happy to have you on today. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. Thank you for having me. So you're at AppLovin, which is one of my favorite company names in our industry. So positive. Tell me, what do you do at AppLovin? Uh, so I am the head of demand uh, for the AppLovin Exchange across America and EMEA. Um, and I had joined the company after the acquisition of Mopub closed uh, to build and continue the work on the exchange side, working with DSPs, agencies, and advertisers in the mobile ecosystem. And tell me, when it comes to mobile, it feels like we're still sort of claiming that mobile is this huge place with this huge audience, which to me, as somebody who's glued to my mobile device 24-7, yes, even as I sleep, feels like you know that's that's obvious but tell me what is what is it about mobile that maintains that fresh exciting almost still new perspective well i think it's been you know we've heard that it's been a year of mobile for over a decade now and <laughs> i think you know the thing about mobile is it, it's not going anywhere and, and apps and the way that people engage on their phones is constantly you know evolving and we become more more entwined with our phones, with time spent, uh, engagement, attention. And so I think that especially in light of what's happened around the world with the pandemic being kind of shut down, um, mobile has had this continuation of uh, growth around attention and uh, time spent uh, that I think continues to lend itself to how we tell the story of why advertising and mobile is important and how you can reach quality audience um, that's constantly on their phones and, and never really kind of without without uh, a contact to to their phone. So I think that's it's been this 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 channel that has been largely kind of somewhat under misunderstood from a branding standpoint, uh, but with you know just how we how we engage and live our lives uh, through apps and with our phone. It's been a place where it really takes a lot of you know, attention and focus to reach really high quality users in ways that they're, they're receptive to those types of ads. And what do you attribute that, that sort of misunderstanding that audience to? I mean, obviously you would assume, I would assume that the mobile audience has been growing over time and maybe becoming more diverse over time, globally speaking. But how is it that, you know, we're in 2022 and there's still been a misunderstanding of who the audience is? I think that, you know, especially as it relates to gaming um, and the gaming audience, 
there's been this, this you know, belief that these are not high quality users. These are younger people, usually guys or boys, men. Um, and that's not really kind of the place or the audience that they would want to you know, extend their CPG budgets or brand awareness type campaigns. Um, but I think what's changed and what's shifted in that uh, with mobile and specifically on mobile gaming is just the type of people and the audience that is spending time there has, has also shifted as app developers have continued to make games that don't just look to engage with a certain type of you know, game player, but instead um, really encompass many different uh, people uh, with diverse sets of you know, age brackets as well to engage in, a, in a, you know, uh, an exchange of attention that's really fun. Um, and also really engaging uh, outside of the, uh, you know, usually you go to your phone and you're you're on your phone, but maybe you think you're on your phone doing certain, you know, social engagements or things like that, where you still spend a lot of time there. Um, but I think that people have really started to shift their time spent on their phones to gaming and being available um, for those types of ad ad opportunities as well. So you're seeing more sort of, I don't really want to call it allegiance, but more time spent with gaming apps than maybe other apps. So whereas, you know, just purely using myself as an example, I might flip between, you know, my instant messenger, Twitter, a web browser, an email within a span of a minute, but I'm going to spend more time in game. That's, I mean, we really have seen an explosion of time spent in the gaming uh, world and ecosystem. Um, I mean, I don't know about I mean, do you do you play apps or do you play games in app? Oh yeah, I, I play games wherever games are meant to be played. But I suppose I'm probably, you know, other than the young part, probably the 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 demographic that maybe CPG parents thought they didn't want to reach. But you know, um, you know, being that I do make buying decisions for the household, well, they kind of have to reach me too. Um, but you know, having said that, it's it's funny that you mentioned that. I never really occurred to me until you just mentioned it. I flip through a lot of other apps, but gaming is the one place I stay for lengths of time, you know, i.e. greater than a few minutes at a stretch. Yeah. And same. I mean, I, I feel like a couple of years ago, I wasn't necessarily big on gaming apps, but it's one of those things where I would rather spend time, if I'm going to spend time on my phone, um, whether it's like, you know, it's the second screen, I'm watching TV, I'm not just watching TV, I have my phone in my hand, and whether it's in between a commercial break, or if I'm kind of losing interest in whatever it is I'm watching, I'm either, you know, scrolling in other formats, or I'm on a gaming app. And, you know, that's something that I've seen personally, my behavior in app chain, or my on my phone change, um, so that gaming is something that like, it feels good to, to be there. And it's like, you know, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm comparing myself. It's not this external kind of validation play, but instead it's just a place where people feel, you know, relatively neutral about the experience and can have a lot of fun um, with, with engaging uh, in, that, in that app environment. And I think it lends itself very well to advertisers who want to have that one-to-one -one conversation with users who aren't browsing around, but who are truly engaged. Uh, in, in that, that environment and uh, susceptible or open to having a bigger impression from, a, from a, an advertiser or a brand. Let's switch the conversation a little bit to the mobile in-game 
kind of experience in 2022. What does that look like to the end user and how does it differ from the experience just a few years ago? I think that there's constant evolution with app developers where, you know, there, there's a there's always a new app to download. There's always a new game to play. There's always a new way of uh, kind of, you know, engaging with, with the app, with the app space. Like, you know, as of recently, I've been very into word, word game apps. And I think that's exploded across, across the board. Um, and that's not to say that those were not available a couple of years ago, but I think that it has just, you know, people tend to kind of gravitate towards certain niche casual or hyper-casual games. Um, and that's, it's constantly evolving. And so I think it has this, this new way of bringing in new users and new, new types of apps uh, and ad experiences to, to, to uh, you know, buy against. And in terms of measurement, how is you know, in-app advertising, how, how is the measurement of that as opposed to say, you know, other mediums, television, radio, et cetera, et cetera, print for that matter? Yeah, well, I think that's been one of the biggest challenges in mobile um, historically is that because everything is on your phone, there is a different technological integration that needs to happen to measure that an ad has been viewed. Um, whereas, you know, with TV or with, you know, print, like you can actually open up the magazine and say, okay, this advertisement was in the magazine, check the box. Um, with TV, there's a different kind of way in which they validate that. And in desktop, they validate it, you know, differently, but the technology and app um, required a, little, a different integration with viewability partners. So that had been a large kind of fragment with, with how to provide that solution to advertisers looking for measurement in mobile, but with, you know, OMSDK, which is the IAB's, um, you know, standard um, spec on what is needed to support any partner who wishes to capture measurement in mobile um, and having app love and build support for that uh, spec across our exchange enables public uh, app, app uh, advertisers to run those campaigns with measurement and ensure that the ads that they are running are viewable and can capture the, the quantitative uh, measurement uh, metrics that they require as part of their campaigns. And how has AppLovin, if at all, been impacted by recent changes involving privacy? For example, you know, Apple's new rules with iOS. I think, you know, identity and personal information has been, you know, there's, there's a major tipping point that's happening across, across just the advertising ecosystem. And it's the shift in the dialogue where consumers really need to opt in and understand what they're, what they're opting into and a different value exchange of I'm opting into sharing, you know, data that's, that can be personally, that can be used for behavioral targeting um, in exchange for certain content or access to viewing uh, the app or playing within the app. Um, and so what we see with that is obviously there, is our, there are users that are opting out um, across iOS and um, there's this, this kind of, reset on what is addressable audiences and how do I reach the users? Uh, and I think that there had been a little bit of an over-rotation on, you know, using, you know, personal AI identifiers to target um, and attribute users to defining what it means to be successful in mobile. Uh, whereas, you know, there are ways to look at other signals when in the contextual 
sense of it. And, and mobile has, because mobile is bound by, you know, the app stores and you need to have both Google and uh, iTunes signing off on reviewing apps to be in the app stores, there's a couple of vets that just exist. Um, and we can see what type of app the uh, app represents, whether it's gaming or, or non-gaming, lifestyle, entertainment. And within each of those categories, you can really understand a bit more about who that audience is. And you can get a sense as to what else, what other, what other behaviors are happening for those users in app. Um, and so there's this shift away from being able to target on a one-to-one deterministic basis of I absolutely know that this is the user that I want to target and I'm going to you know you know buy the opportunity to serve them this impression to taking like a holistic approach and what really is the audience that I'm looking for and what other contextual signals can I incorporate so that I'm able to reach that that audience in a way that isn't bound by uh, you know identifiers in that way and I think there's, there's, this conversation is evolving as the industry is evolving. And there are a lot of leaders coming to the forefront trying to figure out solutions for identity. Um, and we're working alongside many of those, including uh, you know, most recently with our um, partnership with the Trade Desk to support their efforts in uni Universal ID 2.0, uh, where it's, you know, we're trying to create identifiers that are not based off of uh, you know, Apple or iTunes um, IDs and instead enable those, those publishers and apps that have the, that consent dialogue with users to share that identifier when, it's, when it makes sense and when it's available and enable that, that type of um, targeting um, through our exchange. Uh, but it's a constant evolution and, and ultimately you have to ask like, what is the measurement success look like here? And uh, how can I achieve that in, in other ways uh, outside of just trying to kind of take a, a audience uh, centric approach, uh, but really, you know, identify what it means to be addressable and, and who I, who I want to, who I want to reach. And how does, you know, on the exchange side, how does mobile in-app advertising differ from traditional programmatic, if at all? So traditional programmatic um, really, talks more about like the desktop world. Um, and then in mobile and app, it's, it's, um, it's the difference between, you know, a cookie-based or website-based advertising versus an IDFA or an advertising ID uh, in-app environment. And so these are just functionally different identifiers uh, and also different um, you know, con uh, publisher uh, environments. So it's not a website, it's an app. Um, so that's, I mean, that would be the biggest difference in terms of um, traditional programmatic, but everything that AppLovin does and, and through our exchange, everything is um, obtainable programmatically through integrations with DSP partners. And my favorite question, because it's such a hot topic almost all the time, what about brand safety concerns? Yes, I mean, we get this, we get this a lot, and I think you know, brand safety has been such an important topic for advertisers who are very sensitive to how their ads are shown in relation to, um, you know, either user-generated conversations or news articles that have content that can be unpredictable. And so oftentimes it's the issue is that brands don't have 
the foresight into knowing what could be said or what content could surface alongside their ad. And that's, you know, um, very, uh, that's something that happens a lot in the desktop world where it's a, it's a lot about content creation, user generated, you know, forums or news, news articles and things like that. In the in-app space, um, you know, when you look at the casual and hyper-casual gaming apps, there's a couple of, I think, key parts that really limit a lot of that risk for brand safe and um, uh, brand sensitive advertisers. Um, and one being that the content control from the developer themselves. So developers who create these apps, they don't enable user-generated content to happen within the you know, environment of their app. Um, and all of the ads for that app will be within that session. And so you get a sense as to when you're buying in the casual and hyper-casual gaming uh, vertical, the types of apps that you're buying against is, you know, you understand the, the types of brand potential um, conflict that may exist simply by, you know, what's the, what's the title, what's the genre, like what's the star rating and uh, is this well-liked, is it, is it well-downloaded? Um, and if those things are all true, then there's a, a limit to kind of that unpredictability that, that is uh, a main issue when advertisers think about brand safety. And then there's also, you know, the, the fact that all apps um, have to go through a strict review with both Google and Apple for to be present in the app store and they can't alter or change their app environment once they're live. So there's this kind of industry-wide kind of control in the sense that you're not going to start advertising in an app that has this ability to kind of reset the way that their app environment is it's, it's contained and uh, approved. Um, and we also, you know, I think the other main part is, especially for interstitial or full screen advertisements or video or rewarded video, it's a one-to-one -one, uh, ad experience to user. You're not going to see other ads on the screen. There's no concept of above the fold or below the fold. Um, it's, you know, your ad has a hundred percent share of voice when it comes to being shown to that user in that session. And you're not competing with other ads and you're also not competing against or alongside content that may be uh, detrimental or potentially risky to your brand. You know, the first part of your, your answer is, is interesting to me because you hear so many, um, there's a couple of governments some consumer groups out there who are really looking to open up the Apple App Store. And I think, you know, by extension, the Google Play Store as well. For me personally, I love the idea of, you know, privacy being a, a big issue, but I really respect what both companies have done in terms of the safety involved of both their app stores. What you're saying then would lead me to believe that, you know, for brands and advertisers alike, it's a better environment all the way around if they do have that sort of strict control. Is that right? Yeah, and I, I think there is just more control over what the ad experience is in app. Mm -hmm. And, you know, brands can do with that information what they will. I'm very biased. I mean, obviously working at like, you know, the world's largest app um, exchange, obviously I would, I would love every uh, brand advertiser to walk away and be like, wow, it seems like uh, really putting effort and uh, strategy into building out a, you know, mobile first types type engagement makes complete sense because it is protecting the user's privacy. It is considerate, or there are ways for me to think about brand safety and brand suitability. 
and I can get a sense of the audience and the dressability um, by uh, understanding signals or who these users are based on, you know, data around the, the types of people that play these games and mm -hmm. by vertical. Well, you know, but for those of us, you know, like I'm a parent and every parent's handed their child, their iPhone or their iPad at some point, and we've all, well, maybe it's just me, I hope it's not just me, have all been, you know, absolutely horrified when, you know, the, the cheap, weird kind of shady looking app that we got because the kid demanded it had a really shady ad built into it. So it's, it's good to know that, you know, there's, I don't know if it's biased so much as it is really just, it's probably just better for everybody. Um, my last question, I'm hoping you can, uh, hope it's a fun one. Um, as somebody who is just dead tired of Wordle at this point, and actually I'll admit I was within about three or four days of playing it because, well, I think I only won once. Um, what's a good hyper casual game that's ad supported that you'd recommend I check out? Well, I would recommend a couple. Um, so for me, I have, I kind of, you know, AppLovin also represents, um, they they own uh, studios. So Lion Studios and um, Magic Tavern and a couple of these other um, people fun is another example where we are also the app developer and the creator of content. And I started downloading uh, Wordscapes. So like Wordscapes is similar to Wordle, but like you can, you know, it's a little bit more fun of flexible and trying to figure out lots of different words that exist within, you know, a certain uh, grid. And then from there, I got into like Match 3D, which is a Lion Studio game where you can just like match as many of the, you know, uh, products in like a small, uh, you know, window and it's just really fun. And then from there, it's like, you know, getting into different uh, different games along like, you know, um, drop the number. So adding up, I don't know, there's something very calming in organizing the way that numbers consolidate and it feels like I've accomplished <laughs> a lot, even though I may or may, as it's quite questionable. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it, the, the, the good thing too is once you start downloading these apps and playing them, you're going to be shown ads for other apps that you may or may not be interested in. And I've actually found a lot of apps uh, to download through just the way that um, ads are shown and uh, playable. So like uh, there's a lot of really playable, interesting ads that you'll see when you start you know, playing games in app. Um, and it's fun to get a sense as to what these apps look like and what the game experience is. And I was someone who thought that I was never really gonna download or I'm, I'm not like someone who's really in, you know, impressionable, but mm -hmm. like I am, like I like, I like playing in, a, in game apps and like I'm open to seeing more because there's constantly new ones forming and they are, they're fun. And what might be the challenge or challenges for a company or brand who wants to get involved in the mobile space? So I think one of the one of the biggest challenges of the mobile space is that it has been hard to navigate. It's been a very fragmented um, ecosystem, and it's difficult for brands and advertisers to know who they want to be working with and what's the best way to reach that inventory and that audience. Um, and I think over the past couple of years, and primarily with this acquisition of Mopub, what the AppLove and Exchange represents is a really massive consolidation in terms of 
uh, the world's mediation or the way that app developers look to technology platforms to help them monetize. And so, you know, we now represent more than half of the world's mediation for apps that use ads to monetize. And if anybody is kind of wondering of what's the best way to scale in mobile and who should I be working with, um, it's a, a consolidation and a simplification to where where they need to go to access, you know, over 140,000 apps and over 1.8 billion unique devices that are all accessible in one place, direct to the ad without any intermediaries. There's no reselling, um, and it's all measurable and transparent in the way that you access that. So I think um, being able to provide that kind of consolidated and simplified way to accessing the world's best and most premium app uh, publishers um, is a, a big step forward for agencies and advertisers who may have been overwhelmed or unclear on, on how they should approach the, their inventory strategy in mobile. Excellent. Well, Megan, thanks so much for taking the time to be on the show today. It was wonderful to have you. Yeah, likewise. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. For more content like this and to learn about Advertising Week's global events for the advertising, marketing, and technology industries, now in New York, London, Tokyo, Sydney, Mexico City, and coming soon to South Africa, visit www.advertisingweek.com. Chaptering and other structural elements for this podcast are powered by Snackable AI. With the ability to unify all content in one place, have AI distill the best insights instantaneously, and share them seamlessly, businesses on Snackable create more relevant value for their audiences faster than ever before. Learn more at snackable.ai.